the number one defensive lineman in the country, was scheduled to visit Columbia, but not anymore. And that is not a great sign for Missouri's recruiting, showing the massive difference between six and six and eight and four, plus the underrated Missouri defense. Let's talk about it right now on Locked On Mizzou. You are Locked On Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, all you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and the central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball. Thanks for making Locked On Mizzou your first listen every day, and thanks for telling a friend we are free and available wherever you get podcasts, including now on the Sirius XM app. And you know what? I'm going to lead with some news that is now very much in dispute, I suppose, at this point. Williams Winery. Oh my goodness. Williams Winery. We're going to get that right eventually, folks. Regardless, this young man from the Lee Summit area, one of the top defensive linemen, not only in the state, but in the entire country, was scheduled to visit Missouri this weekend. Well, reportedly, he's going to be visiting Athens, Georgia, instead and obviously if that report is true and well we have reason to doubt that which I'll get to in a second if that report's true that's a bit of a blow to Missouri because the in-state recruiting for football right now in particular has been bad it's been totally lacking and Missouri has basically been ruled out by almost everyone in the top 10 in the state so far except interestingly enough a couple of the very top players in the entire state. In fact, the very top two players in the entire state, according to just about everybody you read. And one of them is, again, Williams Winery. He is a a huge talent. Obviously, if Georgia's after him, Tennessee's after him, Alabama, the whole deal. So it was always going to be a long shot for Missouri, but you'd at at least like to get him on campus, give yourself a chance, if anything else, just for PR purposes, to be able to brag that you did get an official visit with the young man. Now, the question now is the report that was out there originally, the tweet that was also out there originally, both of those things have since been deleted here in the last half an hour or so, as I record here about 1248 Central Time on Tuesday, June 20th. So, in other words, what's going on here? Was this was this a false story, a story that had quotes within it? That seems unlikely. Perhaps this young man's camp wanted the story taken down, as others have, have speculated so far. I really have absolutely no idea what this means, but if you're Missouri, you can't love the smoke signals that are being flown into the air here. It seems like it was a long shot that Missouri was going to get this young man's services in general, but the other player that Missouri seems to be at least have a chance with is Ryan Wingo, the St. Louis area wide receiver. Perhaps Wingo is impressed by the name, image, and likeness deals coming Luther Burden's way. Hey, let's not get into the whole emos debate on this podcast. You may like it, you may not. I personally don't really care, but I think at this point when it comes to high school recruiting, that was obviously one of Eli Drinkwitz's calling cards the last couple seasons. And in this cycle, well, that just does not appear to be the case at this point. So what do we make of that? To me, I don't really make all that much of it. I think when you're in year four here, you've never had a winning record at Missouri. Let's just call it what it is. 
well, the momentum's going to stall a little bit, especially when kids today are much more sophisticated than they used to be. They can read the message boards. They have they they can read Twitter, all the reporting in the world with simple and quick search engines about Eli Drinkwitz, the Missouri program, et cetera, et cetera. And while Missouri certainly wanted to put out that they have Missouri that they have Eli Drinkwitz back, at least in terms of publicly with a contract extension this past offseason, well again, I think the high school kids are smart enough to realize that this is actually more of a put-up or shut-up year for Drinkwitz than maybe the Mizzou PR would have you believe. I think all of us fans are smart enough to realize that. You don't think the kids whose livelihoods a lot of this is based upon, yeah, they're going to be smart enough to realize this too. Quite frankly, what we're seeing right now is the difference between 6-6 six and six and 8-4, and four, or even 9-3, and three, if you want to get really optimistic about last year, really see the glass half full. But obviously there was a very slight difference between Missouri beating and losing to Auburn last year. Just a simple missed field goal at the last second by Harrison Mevis of less than 30 yards, or if Nathaniel Pete holds onto the ball and Missouri just able to punch it in there in overtime at the one-yard line first and goal, yeah, that would have done it too. So that's a really slight difference in terms of what actually happened on the field. But there's a massive difference in terms of perception between 6-6 six and six and 8-4 and four because the reality is most people aren't gigantic, obsessive Missouri fans like you and I are. They're not, they're not, they don't even remember the end of that Missouri-Auburn game. They just go back and look at the schedule and see that Auburn pulled out the victory. And most importantly, for the purposes of this discussion, well, Missouri lost. Same thing with the Kentucky game. The bizarre roughing the kicker of the play. Never seen it in my life. I don't think you've ever seen it in your life before that either. The snap goes over the guy's head. Rough it roughs the punter. Just one of the more bizarre plays I've ever seen in college football history. But again, make all the excuses you want. Make even all the rational, statistical, advanced stat arguments that you want that more often than not, Missouri is going to win those two games, well, fine. This and all the lint in my pocket is not going to get you much at the old general store. So I'm sorry, we're just going to have to to suffer this. And frankly, if Missouri is going to have a really good season this year on the football field, obviously that'll be good enough for Eli Drinkwitz to come back this year. If he goes 8-4, and four, this year, I don't think anybody, any of us would question Eli Drinkwitz coming back for 2024. The problem is I almost think it's too late to really make a huge impact, at least in the high school cycle of, of the 2024 class. At this point, you're almost going to have to fill the gaps in the transfer portal. And the good news is, again, if Missouri has a really surprisingly good season this year, Drinkwitz is retained. Maybe he gets an even more real extension, one with a little more teeth in it. Well, hopefully that high school recruiting momentum returns. I think that's what you got to hope for at this point. And then again, your high school recruiting may not be so good in this cycle. You're going to have to plug in the gap in, you guessed it, the transfer portal. And coming up, since it's June, you know it is disrespect season in college football. Yes, my own colleagues are disrespecting the Missouri defense in a fairly significant way, I have to say. And also, I want to put some respect on the names of Chad Bailey 
and Tyron Hopper. But you know what? First, I got to tell you about FanDuel Sportsbook. You know what? Baseball is in full swing, and there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because right now, at this very moment, new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's $1,000 back in bonus bets. If your first bet doesn't win, just go to FanDuel.com slash Locked on to join today. And, well, I kept you off the Cardinals yesterday. Well, the Cardinals pulled it off, I have to admit. I just said it was a stay away. I think today is yet another stay away as the Cardinals are getting a little bit too much respect here in disrespect season. Minus 148 at Washington. Why should I believe in St. Louis? I'm sorry. They just haven't had a great season. Don't believe in their pitching staff. But regardless of what you believe, Don't miss your chance to snag a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Mizzou your first listen. And now for your second listen, check out Locked On's NBA Draft Special. It's here and bigger than ever before. Follow along the entire first round in a six-episode ultimate mock draft experience only Locked On can deliver. All episodes are available now on Locked On NBA Big Board on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. Again, that's the Locked On NBA Big Board feed. But of course, you all are here for college football and basketball, and this is going to be a real real football-heavy show here today for sure. And I got to say, I was really astonished by how disrespected Missouri's defense was this offseason by my own colleagues in my own home in front of my children. Yes, I am clearly clutching my pearls. But for real, though, I, I thought that for the most part, my colleagues were real fair on their rankings of Missouri. For instance, of all the 14 SEC defenses, this is going into the 2023 season, of course. Well, they had Missouri 11th out of 14th. Frankly, I could have seen that being lower. That's not a huge surprise. Missouri was not a great offensive team last year. I don't think they were the worst in the league or anything. But for this upcoming year, considering Missouri lost its best receiver, Dominic Lovett, to the Georgia Bulldogs, hey, I don't blame anybody for questioning that Missouri deep offense, excuse me, having them 11th in the conference. But defensively, you'd think Missouri would be a little higher than 10th, wouldn't you? They were certainly better than the 10th best SEC defense last season. No doubt about that in my mind. And when you look at it, Missouri has among the highest returning snaps and production in the conference, in the entire country, really, but certainly in the, in the SEC. 
So unless there's a whole bunch of teams that have gotten way better defensively in the transfer portal, teams like Auburn and Arkansas and and to a lesser extent South Carolina, I, I just don't understand how those teams are necessarily better than Missouri defensively. When if you just look at it statistically, Missouri was a top 20 bunch last year, whereas Arkansas, eh, not so much. They were ranked what? Let's see, just looking at... Bill Conley's S&P Plus here. Can I find it quickly? Let's see. Arkansas, Arkansas, Arkansas. Oh, they were ranked so much higher than Missouri, that's why. But that was because of their 13th best offense, not their 68th ranked defense. So the fact that Arkansas is top five in the SEC in defense, the fact that Auburn is ranked higher than Missouri, again, nothing statistically said that the Auburn Tigers were better statistically than the Missouri Tigers last year. That's all just, to me, old SEC bias. I hate to say it, and maybe just bias from the 2021 season where legitimately the first half of 2021, the non-conference bleeding into the, the beginning of the SEC season in October, Missouri had legitimately maybe the worst defense in all of college football. They were that embarrassingly bad. But then toward the back half of that season of 2021, well, they figured some stuff out. And then 2022, last season, heck, they were above average to really, really good, I would say. And this coming season, I think Missouri's defense has a chance to be one of the top 10 or 15 really, truly elite units in the entire country. Of course, a lot of that is based on the Missouri linebackers, if you look at PFF, hey, Pro Football Focus, been shouting out their rankings and their grades a lot lately simply because, well, even though I take them with a grain of salt, they sure have been kind to the Missouri defense. And that does line up with a lot of what I'm seeing. In fact, you look at the top 10 SEC returning linebackers, well, Chad Bailey and Tyron Hopper are number one and number two respectively. Not too shabby. Chad Bailey, in particular, has a really, really high grade at 84.2, whereas the next nine guys, including Tyron Hopper, are all between 77 and about 73. So they're all kind of bunched together. Chad Bailey, really kind of the outlier there in terms of returning SEC linebackers and their production. On top of that, I, I, I would argue that maybe linebacker isn't even Missouri's best position. Heck, I already gave you the PFF rankings from a few days ago in terms of returning defensive tackles. Well, Realis George and Darius Robinson were two of the top three and sandwiched in the middle of them, none other than former Missouri Tiger and current LSU Tiger Ryan Wingo. And on top of that, you guys know how much how highly I think of our, our corner tandem in Ennis Rakestraw and Chris Abrams, Abrams Drain. So you know what? That's a pretty good tease, isn't it? Let's talk about who I think is actually the best position defensively, really just on the whole team. Let's be real. What is the best position on the Missouri Tigers this year? Well, I want to talk about that right after these quick words. I got to say, after these pro football focus grade releases for incoming 2023 defenders, I'm now really excited to see their rankings for Missouri's corners and just the SEC corners in general. This whole offseason, I've been asking myself, does Missouri have maybe the best corner duo in the conference right now? Now, certainly Kool-Aid McKinstry down at Alabama is ranked 
at least by your NFL draft scouts, your Todd McShays of the world, that type of thing. He's the number one guy that I, that I generally see. But I'm just curious if Bama has a second guy who's as good as, say, Ennis Rakestraw or, or Chris Abrams-Drain, whoever you think is the second guy there. The point is, I think you've got two guys at ma- one of the most important positions on the field. Clearly, quarterback is number one. I think you can make a pretty good case that corner can be number two. And if it's not corner, it's probably just simply edge rushers, right? Whether that's defensive ends or outside linebackers who stand up and rush the passer. Because that's the game these days, right? We're all throwing the ball all over the place. Clearly stopping the short yardage is important. But at the same time, you're not going to get to that point if you can't throw the football. So everybody wants to stop the pass. The best way to stop the pass, have great corners and get pressure on the quarterback. Well, obviously you can't make the case at this moment that defensive end or edge rusher period is the Tigers' best position. But what I would argue, with all due respect to Chad Bailey and Tyron Hopper, who were really, really good last season, no no, no arguing that, I just happen to think that actually corner is Missouri's best position. And here's why. Because I think Abrams Drain and rake straw because of the pressure they were able to put on outside receivers. I think you saw this probably most starkly in Faro Field in that night game against Georgia, the eventual national champions, two-time national champions. In fact, Missouri put tons of pressure on those receivers, and, well, Georgia, well, Georgia fans will tell you, hey, a couple of our guys were banged up during that time. Fair enough, I'm just telling you, that those guys are not exactly low ranked coming out of high school, you know? I mean, so regardless, the point is Abrams Drain and Rakestraw just about every single week, I'll say every single week, won their matchup more or less and allowed Missouri to bring way more pressure than they normally would be able to, to bring five and six guys in pressure, including the aforementioned Chad Bailey and Tyron Hopper, allowed them to run free, wreak havoc in the backfield, and do what they do best. Again, all due respect to those linebackers, I just personally feel like those two corners were the key of that entire Missouri and Blake Blake Baker-led defense last season. And thanks once again for making Locked on Mizzou your first listen every day. And for you everydayers, tomorrow on the show, going to be talking to Brian Smith. Once again, Locked on's college football recruiting expert. Going to ask Brian about Aiden Glover, the new Missouri quarterback signing, and everything else going on with Ryan Wingo, Williams, Winari, the whole deal. What's up with Missouri's recruiting lately? We're going to get to it for you tomorrow right here. Unlocked on Mizzou.